Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 to 26. We are reading from the New Revised Standard Version, updated edition. Here's the word of the Lord. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser might hang you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, praise, and glory be to God. Today's sermon title, because I didn't come up with it until later, uh, is it's called, Don't Be Salty. Let us pray. Lord, let the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together this morning be pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, you are our rock and redeemer. We pray all these in your holy name. Amen. So I really like the song we sang at the beginning of the service today. And hear the lyrics that we sang. I want to say one more time. Lord, I want to be more loving in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be, I want to be more holy in my heart, in my heart. And Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart in my heart. So this simple song and lyrics really hit me and make me realize that I really need God in order to be this way, more loving, more holy, and more like Jesus, because on my own, I can't. Today's scripture, as we read, listen together, is a tough one, isn't it? So I usually followed what is called lectionary and the assigned reading plan that goes along with the Christian calendar. And when I preach, I use that. And so when I looked at what was assigned for this Sunday, the first reaction I had was, shoot, I definitely do not want to preach from here. And do you know why that might be? 
Well, full disclosure and confession, because I have not really mastered what Jesus is asking in today's scripture reading. Sometimes I really do get angry at my family in Christ. Sometimes I even insult them. Sure, I don't think I do it in a very visible or public way, but I have definitely done so privately and in my heart. And yes, I have used bad words to, bad words to describe others. And perhaps even what's worse than that is that sometimes I don't even think about anything about it at all. Sometimes what I have done doesn't really register until I read God's word like this. Because I get just so used to the worldly and human ways in which we handle relationships. When you have trouble with another person, how do you handle it? Or what do your friends and your family tell you that you ought to do? What kind of advice do they give you when you are having a conflict with someone? For me, the big example of this in my life was about 15 to 20 years ago, when there was someone who I really struggled to like and appreciate. And that was my stepmother, soon-to-be stepmother. It would be nice if I could describe her as someone like Disney-like evil stepmother, if there were something about her that I just could blame for my own anger and then bitter feelings. But the truth is that she was a good person, and she still is. And there was really nothing about her that was unkind, nothing unkind that she did or she said. So it was not her that I struggled with at all, actually, but the nature of our relationship that I was struggling with. You see, I was not emotionally ready for my dad to get married again after my mom died, and I couldn't process all the painful and complex emotions that were rising up within me. So I put that all on her. I thought to myself, it's okay not to like her. How could I like her? I'm still grieving the death of my mom, and I'm not at all ready for this next step in the relationship, in their relationship. It is okay, I thought, to hold these bitter feelings toward her. I deserve hold this bitterness toward her. So I shared my feelings with my friends, and they even agreed with me. Ah, they said. It cannot be helped. After all, if Disney has taught us anything, stepmother relationship never seemed to work, right? And it was a long time before I began to realize that God was asking me to live in a different way. Over a few years, as I held these heavy and bitter feelings towards her, deep in my heart, I knew that this was not really okay. The ways in which I was feeling and acting were not right, especially in the eyes of our God, who teaches us to love always. But no matter what my heart said, 
No matter what my God said, I didn't want to admit it. So I spent a long time telling myself that I was a victim, that my feelings were totally understandable and reasonable and excusable because they had hurt me, that by deciding to remarry because I had suddenly been left out of my own family. And I confess that back in those days, I did not really read the Bible regularly. So God's teaching about being angry with someone else, being angry with someone else, about insulting someone else, about saying bad words about another person, those things Jesus said you shouldn't do, that didn't really sink into my head and in my heart. Okay, I thought, so what if I don't like her? It's not that big of a deal. After all, I'm not actively hurting her. But of course, God does not think that way. God is merciful, and God continues to present us, present me and us with opportunities to learn and to grow and to train to become more like Jesus, just like we sang today. Because of my hard-heartedness and self-righteousness, it took about three years before I was able to bring myself to face this heart and anger within myself. I finally realized that the feelings I was holding onto, the feelings I had allowed to take root in my heart and in my soul, were not okay. And as a result, I was not living the way God was calling me to live. And in that perfect timing that God always seems to have, I was given not just a realization that I needed to reconcile, but an opportunity to put that reconciliation into practice. At the time, I was still living in America, but my stepmother was living in Japan. But despite the physical distance, God gave me the chance to meet her and then speak with her at my grandmother's funeral. After all, the business of the funeral had ended, and it was just our family remaining at my grandmother's home, I came to her and apologized for the ways in which I had been feeling toward her. I knew that even if I had not been obviously acting on my bitter feelings, she must have sensed that I had difficulty with her. So I shared with her all that I was feeling inside. I told her that I was not her in particular, but the fact that someone other than my mother had taken the place within my father's life, which was hard for me to handle. And I apologized, said that I was sorry for the way I acted around her. And she said she understood how I must have felt. She said, we are family, so after all of this, we can try to support one another. See, she's a very kind person. You have heard that it was said to those ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever martyrs shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. 
And if you insult a brother or sister, you be liable to the council. If you say you fool, you be liable to the hell of fire. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 22. Jesus here is giving a warning. Jesus is saying that if you think God's commandment is only about the act of murder, and if you simply do not kill someone, then you'll be fine. Then you are wrong. God does not differentiate between bigger and smaller sins. God holds those who are angry with another, those who insult another, and to the same standard as someone who murders another person. Now, this might seem excessive, but let's remember the fundamental core idea at the heart of Jesus' teaching. It is not about following everything Jesus says literally and precisely. Focus should not be there. It's not about making sure we are following the letter of the law when it comes to commandments of God. That is not Jesus' point at all, because, as you might remember, that's the exact way scribes and Pharisees were following God's law. The scribes and the Pharisees approach the word of God like a checklist for better living. Okay, they thought, if I don't kill people, check. If I don't commit adultery, check. If I carry out my vows, check. If I love my neighbor, but commandment does not necessarily say about loving enemies. So if I do only those things, then I'll be off the hook from God's judgment and should be able to walk right into God's heavenly kingdom. But Jesus clarifies in Matthew chapter 5 that this is not what God means at all. Jesus said that he has, to, he has come to fulfill the law. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. And that means embracing the fullness and the fundamental depth of God's law. God's law isn't about specific list of things that you can and you cannot do, you should or you shouldn't do. God's law is about perfecting and refining of our hearts, of our souls. Even if you hold anger for someone in ways that are not really obvious. Even if you don't insult them in public. Even if you don't toss around bad words to describe others. If the condition of your heart is salty, such that you act against others, not for them, you are going to be held to the same standard by God as someone who commits murder. Yes, this is a higher standard. But as believers in Christ, we are called to fulfill this higher standard, to live not in a worldly way, but in a way that fulfills and accomplishes God's law. The world might tell you that it's okay to hold on to your saltiness for others. Your friends, your coworkers, or even your family might say there's no problem being angry, that there's nothing wrong with bad-mouthing someone just because they bad-mouthed you. The people surrounding you may urge you to embrace your hurt and anger. Your friends and even your fellow church friends might gossip along with you. But 
That is not the way. That is not God's way. We will be liable for these things. We'll be held accountable by God, just as we should be held accountable by God's community too, just as today's scripture reading tells us. But you know what? I mean, this is really, really hard, isn't it? Especially when you think that you have done nothing wrong, just like I did with my stepmother. When I was holding on so tightly to all my bitter feelings, which I thought were for her, but were really more about their marriage itself. I kept thinking to myself, I am not in the wrong here. I am not the one who remarried. It's them. They should have approached me. They should have been kind to me and not the other way around. But when we look at today's scripture, we can see it plainly. As believers in God, as followers of Christ Jesus, we are held to a higher standard. Even when we think we are wronged, even when we think we are attacked, even when we think we are the victim, we don't get to be angry with our accusers, insult them, or tear them down. And this gets even harder when we are the ones who truly were offended, attacked, bad-mouthed, and torn down. This is something I screwed up myself many, many times, and I still do. And this is why I'm so thankful for the mercy that God shows in verses 20 through to 25. See, God knows. God knows that human relationships are hard. God knows that sometimes we just don't get along. God knows that sometimes we just don't like some people. God knows that sometimes our relationships become so bitter and so sour and even hostile, and that we stop even talking to each other. And this is what God says. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister is something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23-24. How amazing is that Jesus continues on past what is right and wrong and shows us how to handle things when we get it wrong. How well God knows us because we will get it wrong. This means that our God realizes that we are imperfect followers of God's law and that God realizes that we can and will screw up. Even better, this means that our God realizes that there are times when we are not even aware that we are failing to follow, follow God's law faithfully. And this is why the verse continues here. Why we are reminded that when the inevitable happens, when we are reminded of the broken condition of our hearts, we need to take action. We need to go and be reconciled to each other.
The word reconciled here, by the way, refers to a mutual making up. It means a changing of everyone's hearts, hearts, everybody's hearts, from places of hostility to places of peace. And I want to emphasize again that this reconciliation is mutual in nature. It is not enough that one person simply releases their feelings of hostility toward the other. Not enough to pray forgiveness in your heart and walk away, assuming that case is over. What Jesus is telling us here is that the work of mutual reconciliation requires an end to hostilities and the beginning of a true, just peace between people. And that is very hard work indeed. But the message of Christ is this, and clear. Jesus says, carry on, don't give up. Keep working on reconciliation, on bringing of peace, right up to the very moment that it becomes official and legal. Even on the way to the courthouse, you should be doing everything you can to come to terms with your accuser. Matthew chapter 5, verse 25. Don't give up. The world might tell you that it's okay to give up on reconciliation because it's hard, that you have a right to your anger. Your heart might tell you that you have done nothing wrong, that they have accused you, and that in doing so, they have brought this enmity upon themselves. But this is a worldly way. This is not the godly way because the godly way is this. Be reconciled to your brother or sister. Come to terms quickly with your accuser. It is up to you to embrace God's law and take action towards a just, lasting reconciliation between people. I hope you know that by no means am I good at practicing what I am preaching today. It's quite the opposite, in fact, because without God reminding me constantly, I could easily be angry and sinful person who has no problem, no problem saying cruel and unkind words so long as I say them behind another person's back. Without God reminding me constantly, I could be a better, simple person who feels a reconciliation is unnecessary if I am not in the wrong. I could so easily forget that I meant to be held to a higher standard in terms of the condition of my heart and of my soul. I need to be on my guard to keep bitterness from taking root in my heart because that bitterness can quickly grow fruits of anger, insults, and bad-mouthing. And I am called today to remind our church family that we are given in Christ a law that guides us and tells us how we are expected to treat one another. We are a people who are accountable to God and to each other. If you see someone acting out in anger against another in church, as a follower of Christ, you should and say, do something. If you hear someone insulting another in church, as a follower of Christ, you should say and do something. 
If you see and hear someone gossiping, bad-mouthing another person in public or behind their back, as a follower of Christ Jesus, you should say and do something. But don't just jump into action. First, as in all things, pray, so that you might discern how God wants you to bring it up. We have to remember that we are not God. We are not called upon to bring judgment. We hold each other lovingly, lovingly accountable so that we can encourage each other to keep following God's law, even if we keep screwing it up again and again and again, even when we feel like giving up. God's law is unchanging. A higher standard is given to us and that does not leave room for bitterness, hate, and hostility. So we shouldn't be silent. We shouldn't be the voice telling our friends and family in Christ that it's okay to remain angry, that our insults or gossip, bad-mouthing, are justified because of the hurt we have experienced. When we witness that, we will witness that throughout our Christian lives because we are sinful people. We need to ask God what our role is in helping reconciliation to come into this place. We all know God's law is clear. Anger, gossip, cruel and insulting words are not for us to do. But we also know that we just can't do it. We all fail at this because it is the very nature of humanity. So we need to be there for our family in Christ. When we see people struggling with relationship, we should not just tell them, as a Christian, you should not and you cannot act like that. They knew, probably just as well as we know, but they are struggling and in need of our help, our love, and our support. The community that I fully believe God desires for us to be is one where we hold each other accountable with love. It means understanding the difficult path we walk in living up to this higher standard, praying with each other and encouraging each other so that we can join together in the hard work of building relationships, being friends, and becoming a reconciled people together in the sight of God. This is the community I believe God wants us to be, the community I believe we can be, so as long as we embrace the higher standard God has set for us and face the challenges of reconciliation together with mercy and love for ourselves and for one another and for our enemies too. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy on us. We are a people who always seem to want to live in the ways that the world tempts us to live. But we thank you for showing us that there is a different, better way to live. So be with us, Lord. Be patient with us and help us never to give up on your call to reconciliation among your people. In your holy name we pray. Amen. <laughs>